Hi, this is Cam Smith, and this is the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia every Sunday. Hope you enjoy the podcast and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website. 2020 is the year that just keeps getting weirder and crazier and um, and we have an antidote for that today, which is kind of good. We do. It's we do. International Vodka Day. So International Vodka Day. I've just posted something on Instagram to say like we needed an excuse, but um, with things going as they are, wow. Lentil as anything is a social enterprise that grew out of Blessington Street in St Kilda uh, 20 years ago and uh, they've blossomed and they've been incredible with their, I don't know, what, how would you describe it, a Buddhist model, um, uh, an enlightened model, shall we say. Pay as much as you like. Um, Pay as much as you can, yes. pay as much as you like. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one. And uh, it's a wonderful model. It's, it's fantastic. I feel like it's become such a, such a part of Melbourne. Mm. And it's something that, you know, I, I, when I was living overseas, I would tell people about this particular project and I yes. think it's just incredible. Well, they're in need of help. So we're going to be yeah. talking to Paula Gomez uh, because they've been feeding a lot of people um, who have been at risk, disadvantaged, but we'll hear from Paula soon. So we uh, will have a chat to her. We're going to go to market and have a chat with John because uh, John's our man of the market. And we miss him. I miss him. I haven't been to the market in months because I can't go to the market. It's not a five-kilometre thing. It really sucks. Yeah. I can go on your behalf next time, Cam. Really? Go and say hi to John. I think so. Go I and think introduce it's in yourself. Okay. I will. Yeah. All right, cool. You can give me some homework. Yeah, and you can, you can go next, next door. Next see, see Robbie, Robbie Chen, his man, wife next door. They're always arguing, but he has all the great fruit and all the great herbs and stuff like that. Yes, no, I'd, I'd love for you to do that for me. That it would be rather awesome. And you can actually, maybe you could be doing market report next time and you can tell us what it's like. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> we will vicariously be speaking with John. Um, and the other thing that's been happening around the world. Uh, or in the Southern Hemisphere, is botany. Um, and we could say that nature just doesn't know that there's, um, there's a pandemic on. And the grapevines have gone, I've got to put some grapes out. And uh, we call this Bud Burst. And we will be talking to our wine expert. See how I changed my voice for that? Just to give him a little bit of gravitas. Absolutely. Duncan Buchanan, or as Siri calls him, Duncan Butchanan, um, <laughs> will be having a chat. And then I thought uh, just to uh, um, drink in the afternoon, uh, I thought we'd have a little shot of vodka. And I've got some Australian vodka that hasn't been released yet. Oh, I'm excited. Called Seed Shaker. So there we are. That's sort of the idea of the um, show today. And um, some people that have been working since lockdown, Eve, to, well, just keep the business open, keep it moving, feed people, look after um, at, uh, people at risk, people disadvantaged. We have Paula Gomez from Lentil Is Anything. A very, very good afternoon to you. Hello. Good afternoon to everybody. We speak again. We had a quick chat yesterday, didn't we, just to yeah. uh, get all this thing organised. Um, but first of all, 
Lentil is anything. Can you give us, um, for those that haven't heard of this place, this institution now we'd have to call it, can you give us a, a, just a brief history of, um, of this enterprise? Yeah, so Lentil Ascending is a not-for-profit organization that started 20 years ago in Melbourne with a little restaurant in St. Kilda. And they decided that, hey, everybody deserves a place at the table, so we are going to have a restaurant with no prices. So and people, Paula, if I can just say, people lost yeah. their minds when they first heard <laughs> of that. It's like, what is happening? Are there communists that have come to Blessington Street <laughs> Um, it's the end of the world. It, it really freaked people out, to be quite honest with you. And a lot of people said, it'll never work and it'll never last. And it's still people that is questioning um, the way that we work as well, because it's like, no prices? Mm. How can you survive? And it's like, well, we believe in community, and it's in that community, be- believes in the project too. Well, we we share a lot of values in in that respect because um, that is what it is should be all about. It's not just about economies. It is about communities, and that's sort of a a great snapshot into that sort of way of thinking. And 20 years after that first uh, outpost of community or within the community has opened up, um, you've grown quite spectacularly, haven't you? Yes, it is amazing. Right now, there are four restaurants, uh, three in Melbourne that are in Abbotsford, St. Kilda, and somewhere, another one in Newtown. We mm. also have the convenience store where we rescue food from markets, and then people can go and pay as they feel for the groceries. Yes. We have a couple community gardens, and uh, also we have this food relief program that we have been uh, moving during COVID. Uh, what's the food relief program all about? So the food relief is that um, there are many communities that with the uh, COVID crisis didn't have access to food. And it's like everybody needs food. So we have been serving um, food to in, in collaboration with different organizations around Melbourne and Sydney. Uh, we have been serving in front of the public in the housing commission houses in Collingwood and Richmond. We had a pop-up in Faulkner. We have a pop-up in Carlton that is still open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays for lunch from 12.30 until 3.30. Um, so we have uh, still a food relief program in Carlton in organization uh, in collaboration with Charge uh, of All Nations. And is open Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays for lunch, 12.30 until 3.30. So you just go there, have some food, and tell your friends that we are there. And they can come and get some food in these difficult times. Yeah, you've, um, how many, how many uh, meals have you sort of put out there to feed people? Have you sort of had any tally of that? So since the COVID crisis started, we have been feeding around 1,500 to 1,000 people per week. Whoa. In the food relief only. Uh, Then we have been serving some food from the restaurants that are still open in in brackets because the Abbotsford Convent is completely closed. Mm. Thank you, guys, mainly open for lunch. And then the only one where you can dine in is in Sydney. So not good for the Melbourne public. Sydney people, yes, you're eating out. One day, one day we'll be able to do that. Um, So 
the thing is that um, all this effort, all this, um, uh, all, all this energy has been put into helping others. And the reason we're speaking to you today, Paula, is that you wanted to request a little bit more help from the community, correct? Yeah, yeah. So this one, you know, the previous one, we launched a fundraising campaign uh, to get to, well, the target is $300,000, but anything is welcome uh, because we have a historical debt with that we haven't been able to to pay during the lockdown because most of us were closed and most of the people need food and they don't have um, access to it, but we provide it. So we need to pay the suppliers, we need to pay the rent, we need to pay the utilities, we need to pay the insurance, for example. Those things don't don't change and it's like if we don't need if we don't have the support from the community now we were nearly able to not open in the future and we obviously can't afford that that would be like a huge loss absolutely well uh i personally and josephine too yeah would like to congratulate all you and all the volunteers that have been working feeding people um, putting food in their in their bellies for for nothing other than the great work that you do, of course, and it's now time to maybe offer some support to lentils. Anything? I think the easiest way Paula will be able to tell me, uh, but go start go to the website lentilsanything.com. Yes, it is yeah. a dot com, <laughs> um, and uh, there there is just hit that. There's donate. I think it is there. So we have Contribute. the donate button in the yeah. website, but also we have done a GoFundMe because it's a more uh, transparent way as well, yes. as well to to raise funds. And people can also leave messages and see how everybody is contributing. Doesn't matter if it's two dollars. Mm. I recommend two dollars because you can deduct it later in your taxes, uh, or if it's a thousand dollars. Doesn't matter. Everything counts and. We will be able to open again soon and feed the community. Well, and, uh, Thank you so uh, much for your generosity. Uh, well, uh, prospective, hopefully some generosity will come and things will flow. In the meantime, big hugs and, um, and just I'm amazed at how much you people have put into the community. Anything you want to add to that, Josephine? I was just going to say, you know, thank you for all of the work you do. And I, for one, can't wait till, uh, you know, Abbotsford Lentils Anything is is my local, you know. Can't wait till it it opens again and uh, we can see all of the wonderful people that uh, help make this enterprise happen. Thank you so much. You're giving me goosebumps. Oh, wow. (laughs) Well, um, thank you, Paula. It's lovely to chat with you and look forward to chatting with you again. Yes, I'm here. How are you, Cameron? Uh, John, thank you for taking the time to have a chat with us today. How are you? Uh, Not bad. It's a strange sensation. Um, Someone forgot to uh, change the clock and I was running an hour late, you know. (laughs) Really? Typical Melbourneian, you know, and and um, now we're a little bit better because the weather's cooling down and um, yeah. I think it might rain within the hour rather than raining later tonight. Oh, That's really? Good. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's going to be a bit of a rain event and I'm kind of looking forward to it because yesterday was 
a little bit hot and how'd you find it yesterday? It was, but a bit um, hot and nasty. Warmish this morning, but we're hoping that it'll rain big time, and um, tomorrow we're hoping to have a barbecue like the rest of Victoria. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, I, I need to put that in my diary. I forgot to put it in there. Um, yeah. What do just out of curiosity, how do Italians barbecue? Because it's not like the skippies where you just throw chump chops onto, you know, a hot plate with some onions, is it? Well, no, we no. don't do that because we're um, anglicised as well. But tomorrow, yes. um, I've got a. I'm being typical Italian. I've recycled an old gas barbecue. Yeah, good. Pull the guts out of it, mm. and um, I'm going to fill it up with some red gum and some. Um, Heat beads, and then I've got an old stove grill, and I'm going to put that on top. And um, we're going to throw. I got a uh, piece of um, rump steak that's Aussie style, about four or five centimeters thick, and um, bigger than an outstretched hand. I got some beautiful lamb chops. Um, I'm going to put my own homemade sausages on the barbie as well, hmm. and some um, pork belly. I'm going to slice that thinly and um, grill that on the barbecue. Oh, that sounds good. And um, uh, you're going to uh, grill any artichoke hearts or chuck any asparagus on the on the grill as well? Just out of uh, curiosity. Definitely, definitely asparagus. Yeah. Artichokes. We've had a pretty much um, big fill of them this week. We've had them um, oh. stuffed and. I think you saw the photo. Oh, I've been Instagram. so jealous. You, you've got those big purple ones that are sort of the, the flat, squashy ones that have the big hearts. Yes, and unfortunately she didn't put any um, broad beans in because she doesn't like the broad beans in it, but I do. Yeah, me too. So, yeah, they were gorgeous. So we've had our fill of artichokes. Um, definitely asparagus. Yes. Um, and we're, oh, I've got some beautiful new season, um, thank you, some new season um, Desirees. Um just a little bit smaller than an egg, and we'll probably parboil them and then smoke them on top of the barbecue as well. Oh, that sounds nice. That sounds yeah. nice too. It does. You know, you can you can smoke yogurt. You can smoke anything if you like. Oh, yeah, that's what they say. Yes. Yeah, they smoke um, yogurt, cheese. I had some beautiful smoked cheese in Holland. Um, it had just been done, and and and. The smoke was still oozing out of the cheese. Ooh. So you can imagine it had cooled down, but it was just starting to change the um, consistency of the cheese again, and it was gorgeous. Mm. Uh, I bought it here, but, you know, everything in its time and its place, um, you know, you've got to do it right. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that's, um, that's absolutely for sure. Um, I was just thinking, have you heard of that Samore cheese? Say that again. That's amore, as in yes, yes, Giorgio Giorgio Linguanti. I think his his name is, but he, he yeah. does a beautiful. I think it's called Scaramonza. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And that's like a smoked. I, I haven't been out to the factory, but a friend of mine went out there the other day, and he brought me a couple of ricotta, and um, I'm looking forward to eating that with my pasta tonight. He also does really no, beautiful cannolis. Great cannolis oh, too. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I've got on, on a sidetrack with the Barbie. My apologies, my bad. What's happening at the markets, John? Never a bad when we talk about food. It's no, good. hey, There's we're communicating. A bit of activity now at the moment. I've got about 
seven or eight customers waiting patiently to be served, then I will wait because oh. they're nice, nice people and irregulars. Yeah. Um, we've been blessed because there's an abundance of um, most vegetables. There's not much that's still up there in price. Yes. You know, eggplant and zucchini about $5 um, because they've been affected by the weather up north, but they'll come down in price rather quickly. Um, yeah, we've got beautiful baby leeks again. We've got parsley bunches that are size of a salary bunch. It's just so prolific. Yum. Um, we've been blessed with tomatoes again. We've got beautiful Murray Bridge tomatoes. We've got two varieties of those. Uh, John, can I just say one of the things I so miss is I've just been having plastic tomatoes from the supermarket in the last, um, whatever, month and a half. It's been, yeah. I miss your tomatoes so much. Someone someone gave me a cherry tomato that just had a little bit of flavour and I nearly fell off my chair. So yeah. you got Murray Bridge, so the beautiful acidy, um, yummy ones. What else you got? Yeah. We've got um, cherry tomatoes, which are magnificent. They've been running away. Yes. Um, the heirlooms this week, unfortunately, didn't really make the grade. We only got one box of um, Adelaide tomatoes, the Rouge de Marmont, um, and we didn't get any fresh black tomatoes or um, any of the other varieties because they're in between crops. But um, I've told the boys that if they're any land, they better be mine. So <laughs> we, we hopefully we'll have a fresh batch of them um, on Thursday. Yes. Uh, people miss those as well. I had a... A young Italian girl from Firenze before was looking for Quota di Boyo, which is an oxart. And I said, no, not yet, but very, very soon we'll have them as well. Oh, those big things. Yeah, my God. Hey, what are eggplant doing this time of year? Uh, the hydro ones look beautiful, but I don't like them because they look beautiful and it's about as far as it goes. I agree. They yeah, be, they look a bit too perfect, don't they? They look too perfect. They're firm. They can be bitter. They mm. can be full of seed. Yeah. Whereas the field ones, they got a battering, and unfortunately, um, as yeah. soon as we bring them out of the box, they go wrinkly and soft. But, but. when you cut them up and um, fry them or stuff them and bake them, they come up a million dollars. They're really, really nice. Do you know this? We've had them done many ways this week. So this old yeah. this old Italian guy told me that uh, you know the the ones that are a little bit wrinkly and a bit softer actually taste better, and I've taken that to heart. Of course, because we don't normally sell the first pick of the crop or the last pick of the crop. We change to a, another grower. Mm. Uh, because the first to last of anything, even when you're making alcohol. Very much alcohol, the top and the tails, yes. Yeah, Uh, and same with the veggies, you know, and then you get the stuff in the middle and and at the peak of the crop. Yes. They're always special, doesn't matter how bad they look. And what are they going for at the moment? Uh, Like I said, because of the weather, $5. Normally this time of year we'd be selling $253. But even $5 is not a lot of money because... You get a lot of eggplant out of a kilo. Um, you know, some people just buy one medium one and um, do what they've got to do. Mm. Um, when they're ripe like this, I like to um, cut big rings and um, uh, just dip them into the um, uh, different sources and then um, either grill them um, or, or fry them. They come up a treat. Which sources? What do you, what, uh, can you uh, elaborate a bit on that? Uh... And go and blank the Chinese well, like sauces. A, uh, oh, the Chinese teriyaki. sauce. Oh, yeah, oyster. is probably the best one, or oyster. Oyster. Even oyster better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Or you um, can, or you can go European and um, roast them first, and then um, braise them in Napoli. I mean, that's 
bloody yeah, amazing yeah, too. Yeah, 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 especially if you've got some beautiful mozzarella to melt on top of it later while mm. you're taking it to the table. Yes. We have to get Giorgio yeah. around. Giorgio to bring some mozzarella around. And uh, uh, if he's got cannoli, but cannoli better, mate. Oh, uh, even oh, beautiful cannoli. So, um, first of all, uh, two questions. I'll let you get back to your um, very, very patient customers. Uh, pick of the market. Pick of the market. I've got a beautiful broad bean in my hand. Oh. Two, four, six, eight, nine, ten broad beans in it. Um, we, we've been cooking them the way, the way we cook peas. We just open them up, fry a bit of salad onion, which we've got new season red salad onions from Queensland. Yeah. Um, and then once you've washed them, you pull them out of the pot, throw them straight on top of the onion. The, the water that's on them is enough to simmer them very slowly. Yes. And then when you think they're cooked enough for you, put just a pinch of salt and serve them up beside a nice steak or a roast bit of meat. Like last night, we had um, a tomahawk steak and broad beans and potato salad. And, um, yeah, they were gorgeous. So they're $8 a kilo. You can buy cheaper, but they're not as good and not as full. And you just need a handful, as we were saying. I mean, it's the same as, you know, when peas get expensive, beans get expensive. Either you yeah. just avoid them or just get a little handful of them and you can still have yeah, a good taste. Yeah, that's right. That way you can treat yourself and, mm. um, you know, you're alive and you're eating the best of everything and a little bit of everything. Uh, we got beautiful big capsicums out of Queensland. We're selling still $5. Uh, the little ones for stuffing ran away. Uh, we got beautiful bullhorn, about $12 a kilo. Um, we've been blessed to have them stuffed and baked again. That's bullhorn capsicum, so like a chili, bullhorn really. Capsicum, yeah, yeah. yes, they yep. are. They're a thicker flesh, sweeter capsicum. Mm. Um, so a lot sweet. of the young Chinese boys and girls have been buying them and, and they put them into their hot pot. It really gives it that kick, even oh, though they're really? not hot. Yeah, okay. Still great flavour. Texture and flavour. And I believe they also put in um, uh, the seeds as well, which give it a more um, of a burst. Uh, I've just got a tomato addict here. Yes. He's going to buy some cherry tomatoes for his kids. Normally he buys a kilo. Yeah. Uh, last week I sprang him a special of all the ones that fall off. Six kilo. And I said to him Thursday when he was here, had the tomatoes going, he said, oh, they're all gone and I nearly fell over. Isn't that wow. right, buddy? Yeah, yeah. He cooked half of them and put half of them in the freezer. Oh, my God. And a beautiful pasta with them. Oh, well, you've succeeded in um, making me hungry. I imagine you might be making the, the rest of the listeners very, very hungry. God, I miss you, John. Um, I miss you too, buddy. It's been so, it's been so long since I've seen you, and, um, and I've uh, uh, been deprived so much. Um, Katarina's been telling me about all the beautiful artichokes she's been buying from you. Katarina yeah, Vosato she came from, through yesterday and yep. said that she's spoiling her daughter, so... Mm. Oh, yeah, why not? Hey, one thing. Did you did you get to try her bacala? She's um she's did she tell you how she's um, starting to make a bacala? No, I, I'm going to put the hard word on her if she does because I haven't had good bacala since Christmas. Oh well, yeah, dude. Next time you see her, get her to get a job because she's uh, one of the things she's doing. I'm speaking of Katerina Bursato of Katerina's in uh, Queen Street. Uh, beautiful. Uh, basement restaurant which uh unfortunately is not going to be in the precincts when we reopen but one of the things she's thinking to do to just do something so she doesn't go crazy is she's making this beautiful uh bacala in oil it has the most beautiful flavor it's got a great aroma to it too john 
They've already done uh, the baby artichokes that I sold her. So, yeah, she's mm. moving on to the next project. Oh, sure. I must ask her if she can do the bacala like they used to do in the old style. And I, I didn't know the Italians do it with a mustard through it. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Mus- mu- bacala mustardo, like mustardo fruit. Yeah, there's a, a name for it all. That'd be it some... It me at the moment, but... Um, I'll, I'll think of it and I'll tell you next time and I'll talk to Katarina see if she can find the old recipes. Yeah, well, it's... Uh, I think it's going to be re- released soon. I think 22 bucks a jar, but it's a big jar. And uh, it's one of those hot peasant items, one of those things that used to be just il carne de povero, huh? You know, the, the meat of the poor, but now it's hot cuisine. <laughs> That's right. Funny how things change. John, thank you, as always, for your time. Hope you have a great dinner tonight. Say hi to Franca. I will. Thank you. It's a pleasure always, and I hope everyone stays safe out there. We'll be out of this stuff soon, so... That's the way. Going. Good, and I'll All see right. you for some broad beans. Doesn't quite have the same ring to it. That's a shot glass being banged together. Uh, we'll get to that a little bit later, because it is... International Vodka Day. Duncan Buchanan, happy International Vodka Day, my friend. Straight back at you, handsome. Hey. Thank you to Josephine. Oh, How thank you, you very much. Hey, wow, you make me smile. I liked hearing the clinking glasses. Yeah, the, 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 it's, the, the, it's got a nostalgia about it now. It does indeed, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, still, I still feel remarkably blessed that I do have an intro. I sort of scratch my head every time. I didn't hear it that time, though. Something was, um, I'm, out of, I'm out of my telephone machine in the driveway, so, you know, not near the radio. I didn't come through that time, but that's okay. I'll, uh, well, I'll what we through. did, well, just, uh, just for you, uh, so that you know what's going on, we played what we would call the generic thinking, drinking theme. We didn't play uh, the uh. very special, and uh, now it's time for... <laughs> Duncan Buchanan's World of Wine. I don't do it as good as Tim Thorpe does, but that's sort of the vibe that we were sort of trying to get. So how is your World of Wine? It's good. It's a, it's little... It is good. It's, it's weird times. But before, hang, before we dive into that, Cam, Josephine mentioned that she hadn't seen you since lockdown, and that prompted me to think mm. of when the last time I saw you was. And you know where, where I traced it back to? Well, March? When? Yes. Which is over that's over a year ago when I bumped into you at the, that climate rally, and remember oh, the yeah. sea of, remember the sea of people is just like wow our times have changed in that year. Jesus, that is the last time I saw you. That was the demonstrations, not March, but it was uh, the this time last year exactly. in. Uh, when all the kids... The school strike for climate, that one. Yeah, that that's one. The one. Yeah, we were there. Yeah. We were there for the kids. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. And uh, and just quickly, uh, speaking to kids, happy birthday, birthday to my darling niece, Sophie, who is listening in a big fan camp. Oh, oh. Sophie, happy birthday. How old is she? <laughs> She's 11. 11? Wow, double figures in a year. Yes, indeed. Hurrah. Oh, that's, uh, that's rather good. And, uh, the, um, and the, uh, the vines have been going hurrah? They have. A, I mean, we had that fairly wet winter, as I'm sure we all remember. It rained a lot, so that does good things. It fills up the soil with water, and it gives you know the vines have access to it. And especially once you have that combination of of uh, water in the soil and warmth, yes, um, things start to grow. Well, I mean, vines start growing as a reaction to heat, so things start to warm up. There's no real action in the roots, so to speak. It's all the carbohydrates that they've stored up over the you know, the tail end of last growing season. So that it's, all starts... it's not light, it's actually temperature that they're reacting to? Yeah, when they, when they first come out. 
It's mm. uh, when they first start, when, when the buds burst. So because there, there's no, I mean, think of a grapevine after it's been pruned. It's just a dead looking stick hanging out of the ground, isn't it? Doesn't, yeah, it's just it a stick. Like a... <laughs> it's like yeah, vineyard. Yeah, I've got a vineyard. You just got a whole bunch of trunks with yeah. sticks. I got a stick paddock and a, and a um, lot of very expensive infrastructure. <laughs> Oh, indeed we do. But so uh, around that, those early stages of bud burst, they um, uh, they're just utilising their recent the the carbohydrate stores that they've you know they've packed away at the end of last 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 growing season. Mm. Once they once you get a, maybe three leaves on those shoots, two or three leaves on the shoots, you know, leaves are around the size of a small lemon, that sort of circum that sort of uh, diameter. Really? Then they start to photosynthesize. Then they start to photosynthesize and start utilizing the, the moisture that's you know in the soil. And then that's when they really start to go. That's when everything and really starts to kick in. Yeah, and it's and it's I don't know you know. How good spring! We've got you know beautiful days like yes, you know Friday and yesterday, and today's even quite nice. Mm. Um, my crazy son made me go for a swim with him yesterday. God, don't do that! Don't listen to an eight-year-old when they say the water's lovely. Anyway, because they lie. Um, yeah, eight-year-olds lie but, uh, about temperature. But then, then we're going to jump back to like uh, fourteen degrees tomorrow. And it's going to mm. flog rain for most of the week. Yeah, I, so I know. And but the uh, the thing is, uh, for those that have uh, never met Duncan Buchanan winemaker to the stars uh, before, um, is uh, the very, very fact that um, you have very diverse pockets of land that you, uh, that you work as a winemaker to get grapes. And are you still doing stuff in the Grampians? Yeah, still doing a little bit. Yeah, so I take it a bit, get a bit of Shiraz from out in the Grampians and take yeah. a, a bit of Pinot from the Mornington Peninsula, which, you know, they, that, that has its challenges. I mean, obviously the Grampians is a lot drier. Uh, so we don't have the disease pressure, you know, as we've gone through before. Any of the diseases that we deal with yeah. are, um, you know, they're typically fungal, fungus and mould and stuff. So the things that really make um, you know, moulds work, or fungus and moulds work well, is heat and moisture. So Mornington Peninsula, surrounded by water, can be very humid. So we've got a lot of disease headaches down here, but the Grampians, yeah. as dry as a chip, but yeah. we have irrigation, irrigation headaches up there because it is so dry. Yeah, paraphrase. Uh, yeah, dry as a chip. Uh, and uh, Mornington, <laughs> where's that bloody Bordeaux powder? Yes, indeed. And, that's, and, and what that's is bloody Bordeaux powder, just for those? Well, it's typically it's a couple of sulphate, I guess, it would be the easiest way to do it. So it's like copper mm. and sulphur. You sort of put those out together. And they're like, they are, you know, you, say, you say spraying, and people are like, oh, the, you know, the sky's going to fall in, people are spraying. It's like, well, we need to do it to protect what we've got. Yeah, you know, it's not glyphosate. It's 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 no. copper. It's copper sulfate, and it's something. Exactly. It was one of it's those gr- wonderful, wonderful things of observation that somebody, somebody had a, apparently. You probably know this better than I do, Duncan. That someone had a vineyard close to a factory with a big chimney that was sort of spewing out copper sulfate, and there was sort of like a Venn diagram line of where the mold didn't affect the crops. Is that right? Yeah, that was that, that was potatoes. That was um, that, it was uh, oh, spuds was it? It was spuds, and it was a bit, bit you know, was, that was sort of prompted the uh, the, the great potato famine. I don't know how we got onto potatoes, but I'm glad we did. Yeah, um, me too. There, there was the uh, they had potato fields near, near the copper smelters back in the oldie times. That was at and, the uh, copper uh, smelter. Thank you. Yeah, and the, so the copper, yeah, the copper would rain down onto the onto the potato crops, and they found that it um, kept down in mildew at bay. It didn't. They didn't fall over like the rest of them. And uh, if only they had a few more copper smelters in uh, in Ireland before the the Gort Moor 
which is, of course, the yeah. name of the potato famine in 1850, whatever it was. Was it? Yeah, but, the, yeah, so, but we still use those. They, they, you have to be fairly judicious with the use of it because there can be issues for soil. But uh, copper and sulphur are both, both registered as, as organic and wonderful products, I must say. I don't yes. sell them, so there's no financial interest in that for me. No. But they do, um, they're good. It's just like a... Um, doesn't do, there's not a lot of activity against the disease, these um, you know, powdery and downy mildew, which are the two major ones that we face. Mm. Uh, there is a, um, it's just like a, oh, sorry, putting a, a protective, a protective. It's, it's like a condom for your vines. I was going to say, a prophylactic. Yeah, I just went straight a Venus a prophylactic <laughs> for your I'm a, I'm for fairly your lowbrow. Yeah, well, no, you, but you always come out with some sort of saying that we've never heard of before. Uh, the weather patterns, long term, it seems like we've moved out of El Nino and we're now being affected by El Nina, which uh, looks like it. we might be looking at, um, well, a less uh, full-on summer but with a higher rainfall. Is that sort of go with yeah. your prognostications? Yeah, prognostications. That's more syllables than I've ever heard. Right. Hey. Bravo, you. Yeah. Polysyllable Cam, bucks. call me. Take five bucks out of petty cash, mate. That was Hang awesome. It. No worries. Yeah. Do I have to put a receipt in? <laughs> nah. No, oh, no, good. Just take it. Okay. The, um, <laughs> the, Pro- um, prognosticate yeah, with me, Duncan. It shall be wet. That, oh. that is what I say. Yeah, it's not arc building weather or anything like that, but it's going to be, <laughs> it, it, it is, it is going to be wet, and that's, I don't know, it's a double-edged sword, Cam. Yeah, you know, we, I know. We, we like the moisture. It'd, sound, it'd be damn, blo- damn unbloody Australian to um, complain about things being too wet. Yeah. But, you know, um, if you get too much... Um, we had some, we've had some bad seasons through too much rain. And the other thing is, if, if your paddock's too wet, if you've got too much moisture in your soil, you can't get your tractor in there to do the, the essential work that you need to. Mm. Because the soil's really wet, it can lead mm. to compaction, and there's a yeah, there's a few headaches there. So I don't know. Well, I'm just a whinging farmer now. No, I? no, but I've, I've, I have the answer for that. Um, Clydesdales. Right, Bill Downey. Everybody, Google Bill Downey. I hate this because he's one of the worst people on the planet. I'm only kidding. I love Bill to death. He's a, he's a very, very good winemaker. And a, 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 Google Bill Downey and you'll see someone working a close plant of vineyard with his clients. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bill Downey, of course, uh, down in South Gippsland, I think. Um, yeah, just out of Yarragans. Yeah, makes fine, fine, fine pinots that he gets a fortune for and has very yeah. groovy bottle art by Ridge Mombasa. He, he does. I, I rang, I rang uh, earlier in the week to say, um, to get his, <laughs> just give, get his view of how the season's going. Oh, yeah, like, what, what did he say? Hey, Bill, how did- Vintage of the century. Get it while it's fresh. What's he cha- no, nah, mate, that's all that he hung up. What's, God, what's he done a seance with Murray Tyrrell or something like that? <laughs> he says it every year. Yeah, Murray. Get it, while, get it while you can. Oh, Murray Tyrrell used to be like that. The, the great man yeah. of the wine industry who used to... The ultimate great man sitting on astride his horse and would come off and proclaim every vintage the greatest vintage of the century. Oh, they, but they're just selling booze can. That's the thing. It's, you know, as we so often say, growing grapes are making wine. That's easy. Yeah. Trying to sell it, that gets hard. And in these, this day and age, trying to get paid for what you sold. Ooh, it's a tricky equation. Yeah. yeah. But um, speaking of weather, did, I don't know if you saw any of the, um, the footage getting around, so the various ways you can see footage, uh, of snow in vineyards, like around Lethbridge and up around Macedon. And, uh, oh, that was last Chatham- week, wasn't it? 
Yeah, and how's that? I mean, you know, it was swimming yesterday, and last week it was snowing. It was just extraordinary. I mean, even and not particularly. There were some fairly elevated places. I was chatting, you know, Scott Island from Providence. I was chatting with him earlier, and he was he he's got a uh, vineyard up around Ballarat that's at 500 metres of altitude. And he's been waiting for years to get those shots of snow. Yeah. Um, and he he said it just flogged down there last week. He's going to send us through a few photos, which I'll forward on to you, Cam. But it just and look, I haven't seen. I did a bit of work in Canada years ago, and you know the really? vineyard would be un, yeah, it would be the vineyard there would be under a foot of snow in winter. It was extraordinary. But um, I hadn't seen it since then, you know. And just some of the things getting around. There was some snow um, snowed up. Um, Mike and Dylan put some stuff up from Bindi. And, well, what about um, the uh, Cobar Ridge? The who's Nelly Cooper and yeah, Alan oh. Cooper, isn't it? Alan Cooper, yeah, because yeah, they're about the yeah. highest vineyard in Victoria, aren't they? Yeah, I didn't see them. I didn't see them um, specifically, specifically, but I'm sure that they would have got snowed on for sure. It's just that it was just so cold, and it's just it's lucky the the timing of that because. You know, if if you had a lot of leaves, the of, if you, you have know, a lot of a leaves lot of, the size of lemons, like you were just talking about, it would be damaging. And that's that's the thing. I was uh, I sat in on a um a frost frost uh, webinar the other day, as exciting as it sounds. <laughs> and, um, and uh, hold my beer. I'm off to the frost <laughs> webinar. <laughs> yes, exactly. Do you want to spend the weekend with Batman? No, yeah, no. I'm going to a frost seminar. Yeah, baby, <laughs> bring it on. But that, you could have Mr. Freeze. He was a Batman <laughs> character, wasn't he? Sorry, gone. Sorry, what happened? But no, they just—they were just talking about. This, you know, um, there were, there's been a lot of frost around this year too. Yes. And uh, the, the, people would think that with the climate getting warmer, um, that the incidence of frost would be getting uh, less so. But it's not happening like that. The weather patterns are so erratic. Mm. The frost typically after. Cup day, people would say, if you haven't got a frost by, frost by cup day, you're okay. You're sort of you're out of the woods. But they're getting frost into December now, which is, yeah, and when you've got, you think about the amount of canopy that would be out on a grapevine during December. In Ooh, December that's a lot, you've that's got a lot of not leaves. good. That's not good. And this is one of the things we see, even though that it's been used as a red herring by some climate change doubters or deniers, is the fact that with uh, climate change comes in. Increased crazy climate variation as well as long-term averages going up. But it's not just about the long-term average, about the temperatures going up. It's about crazy variation, and this is the thing we see and you specifically do on the front line. Yeah, exactly right. You see those, you know, we've spoken about that, you know, you have those massive windstorms and, uh, you know, they're just that, that wouldn't have, you know, wouldn't have happened 20, 30 years ago. Mm. And, you know, that's, it's, you know, the, the, you're right. The climate's creeping up, you know, degree by degree. And it's a, you know, there's, there's a line that you can follow, but it's the stuff for me. I reckon it's the stuff that happens in between all that. When you've got um, uh, just these mad weather events where, It'll be dry as a chip or iron, not not, not yeah. raining at all. But ten kilometres away, they pop a hundred mil in a, you know in a matter of twenty four hours or whatever it may be. And it's just that sort of that sort of weather doesn't do anybody any favours because that that rain hits the ground and absolutely tears it to pieces. Yeah, case and, in uh, case in point, Duncan, France. Um, there've been some huge floods where they're talking once again about a once in a century event. That seems to be just happening all the time now. <laughs> you know, it's like I really think we've got to stop this thing of talking about once in a century events again. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly, because they, they just keep on happening. It yeah. just becomes the, the new normal, unfortunately. Well, let's have a drink. I mean... Um, uh, it makes me want to have a vodka. I've got to go back inside and pour myself a body. Get, get, get in there. We'll, we'll, we'll walk with you. In, in the meantime, I will uh, announce the fact that thanks to an American in 2009... Thanks, Jersey. Yeah. Um, an American in 2009 decided, you know what? Whiskey might be the most popular drink in the world, alcoholic. Um, vodka is second, and uh, we need to drink more vodka. And, Do we ever? Oh, and you've got a fancy one. It's got a cork. Yeah, it does. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, it does. I had to get a um. I had the um because well, within my five kilometres. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of specialty vodka shops, shall we say. Really? So I had, yeah, well, no, there's not. I mean, <laughs> the McRae vodka barn doesn't uh, exist. I was going to say, you put, you, you're twanging my wire. <laughs> no, so I went down to you're one twanging. of the big box ones, and I said, oh, the only, it's 23rd Street, <coughs> 23rd Street Distillery in Renmark, South Australia. Mm-hmm. I got myself a bottle of that. It's delish. Hot place for wine. Oh, yeah, well, so um, and I in front of me and Josephine has one as well. Yes, um, we've got this this new one. It's called Grain Shaker Australian Vodka. Uh, it comes in three different flavors: wheat, um, which, and I'll have you know that I've been doing my research and tried them all. What flavor uh, do we have uh, here, Cam? You've got corn. I've so got corn. Okay. the corn is amazing in this one that it gives this incredible mouth feel. Um, it has this viscosity about it, so it's great for a um, a, a vodka martini mm-hmm. um, a, or espresso martini. And it also, if you mix it, you can feel that wheat. There's one there that's got that sort of citrusy, and then they've got a rye one, which is a bit spicy. It's called Grown Shaker. It's not out yet, but have a look around for it because it's going to be um, sort of artisanal but mid-price. There you go. What have you got, Duncan? Uh, I've got the just the standard. Uh, 20, 20, 23rd Street Distillery Australian Vodka. It's got some lovely... From Renmark. From Renmark, which is... um, I did. T- I told my dearly beloved Lucy that we'd be having shots of... Or having a shot of vodka on And she said, aren't you just pretend it's a bit early for a vodka? And I'm like, no, look... No, I can't pretend. I can't, no, it's not going to work. I can't, I'm I can't authentic. Lie to Cam. Exactly. I'm the can't lie to Cam and yeah. therefore lie to, lie to the listeners because that just would not be fair. And it's it not me... And no. the other downside is if I don't have a shot of vodka at one o'clock, I won't have had a shot of vodka at one o'clock. I know. No. It's like one of these perishable things. It's like that chance <laughs> is gone forever. Exactly. Cameron told me to. I know. I did indeed. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a shot of this. Um, what's your favourite way to have vodka just in the one minute that we have left? Me? Yeah, you. Duncan. So, uh, I don't know. I'm not a massive vodka drinker. I, they do remind me of summer. So just, you know, yeah. just... You know, on ice is lovely just for a sip or just a, just a vodka soda with, a, with some fresh lime in it. Yeah, that's that's nice. Espresso martinis kind of frighten me. Josie, what's your favourite way to imbibe in the, the noble spirit of vodka? Well, I spent a lot of time in Eastern Europe in the past few years and it wasn't vodka, it was palinka, but I learned the way to shot and oh. it is too. Two. It's like a combination of meditation. So you take a deep breath in through the nose and then do the shot. Yeah. Mm. And then breathe out through the mouth. It's hard to do that while ex- while explaining it and, and, and doing the shot and broadcasting. So we say happy International Vodka Day, Nostrovia. 
Uh, if we're in Australia, we say, get a dog up you. <laughs> get a Russian dog up you. Nice one. Well done. Did you want to say, come on? Oh, we, we probably need to go. So we're going to have to say, thank you, Duncan. Not, not a problem. Thank you, guys. Enjoy your international vodka day, everybody. <laughs> have fun with it. Don't drink more, just drink better. Nice. Hi, this is Cam Smith, and you've been listening to the podcast of Triple R's Eat It, a weekly radio show about food and drink, broadcast live on Triple R from Melbourne, Australia, every Sunday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast, and feel free to get in touch with us via the Triple R website.